In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The second verse reads, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. In the near future, mankind has journeyed beyond earth into the cosmos. A new planet has been discovered and a scientific research vessel has been sent to its orbit. But something has gone wrong. That's why we're here. Recon, rescue if necessary. Now, a team of Marines must rescue the crew. Our team always answers. But what they find will shake their souls to their very core. I'm coming to inescapable conclusion of the dead are returning to life on my ship. God, darkness, you saying the Bible mentions space, this tenth planet no one knew about until almost 200 years ago? Demons, aliens, a virus, tell me! <laughs> you know the word demon was never actually used in the King James Version of the Bible? The Night Keep presents an all-new soundtrack and tale of terror presented in graphic audio. From the critically acclaimed composer and writer of In Musica and Heretica and The Minds of Throne of Anguish, starring an ensemble cast of Nightkeep alumni, William Sears, James Ramsey, J.D. Cadden, Jonathan Edenfield, Bolton Strayanis, Josh Still, Michael Sampson, and Joshua Gouge. With special guest stars Mark Bogner of the Tangent Bound Network, Derek Carey, and Angelique Bone of from the Astro Radio Z podcast. This October, let there be dark. The book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 12 reads For we are not struggling against human beings, but against the rulers authorities and cosmic powers governing this darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. X Tenebris. Listen as he utters his voice, a mighty voice, someone, something is at Locar Ultra X Tenebris. Nightkeep. Com. All right, and here we are. Story time. Raid and Rain, with probably one of the most horrifying men I've ever met in my life. Some of the most horrifying music I've ever heard in my life. And some of just the most... He's scary. He's a scary <laughs> human being. You should see him walk around in his underwear. His, <laughs> his name is Daniel, or as I like to call him, Anal. How we doing, Daniel? Fine. For a second, I thought you were talking about Holton. Oh, well, we, yeah, we well, all know well, how scary well, he is. Well, um, only when the palsy is in full effect. Because I look like a zombie then. When is it, wait, could you imagine if you can turn the zombie, I mean, the palsy effect on and off? He can. Don't let him fool you. No, but I'm talking, I'm talking about the oh, yeah. full-on T-Rex like, grab and everything. Well, see, that's why mankind has to have its limitations. Right. <laughs> was the curse is kind of like the old hound dog that used to have all stump you know his legs were probably eight inches like his whole body was maybe eight inches off the ground his nuts dragged the ground <laughs> just package any dog i have ever seen on god's green earth he has the biggest package but he was also too short to use it <laughs> so basically you had to be ground level for him to use it nice if, if hold 
had the full capabilities of the claw, and if he was just unleashed, the world would be over. Would be it. So, <laughs> so what, you're, what you're saying is, in some book somewhere of New Revelations, it says that the world be, will be run by a man who can wield the claw. Well, that's it. Yeah, and henceforth would come. <laughs> He shall arise. No, I don't know. I think I think I think we might have a have a story for your next book or something. <laughs> don't don't let me have that much power. Never. Even uh, like false power. You know? No. So for the people that don't know Daniel, um, what what is what would you say you are? What is it do you say you do? Besides a big supporter and big figure in the LGBT community. <laughs> what would you say you do here? Yeah, well, what would you say that you, you're, uh, happy, like, what is it that you do that is that you enjoy so much? I honestly have no damn idea. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I guess at the end of the day, what am I is a big, kid yeah it, essentially i'm just a big nerd it just through and through i i i love music whether i'm good or not that never really crossed my mind it's kind of one of those unfortunate <laughs> that i cared it doesn't matter it just i love doing music but also love doing you know all kinds of other things it just i seem to gravitate toward music but yeah. man it stems from you know just being a kid and just growing up in that magical 80s decade that was just absolutely wonderful and all the things that just kind of shaped my interests in my childhood because like I said I'm a nerd so for me it wasn't paper routes and playing stickball and you know crossing over old Mr. Crabtree's grass <laughs> and running the back lot and sneaking in the drive through wasn't that bullshit yeah. I mean I'm a kid 80 you know this that first decade it was probably in the 70s but I don't care about that (laughs) (laughs) it's just the childhood of you know being raised single mom having to work a lot Mm -hmm. and so I spent all my time you know or a lot of time with my grandparents or you know just travel back and forth so I spent a lot of time watching TV and then of course as a kid in that time it was you know cartoons we had the, the Golden Awakening, the Golden Dawn oh, of yeah. animation. Oh, yeah. I'll give you a Golden Awakening, you know. Okay, I mean. and here and Holden starts early. Four, shower, four don't minutes. Don't hold the shower, please. No, not the shower. <laughs> you know who else had a lot of showers? Hitler. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so okay. Um, so your music then? Did your music come first, or did the music that you do come from? Like, I know you're really big into retro games like Castlevania and Mega Man and stuff like that. So, did the music come first, or did you get inspired to do the music from playing those games and watching those movies? I honestly have no idea. Like, seriously, I have no clue. So, for Daniel, the chicken and the egg is what came first, the music or the games? (laughs) Essentially, I mean, yeah, that is just something I don't know. My... My father, and he died when I was like three or four, but mm-hmm. he was a drummer. And mm-hmm. my the whole family, both sides of my family, were musicians. My The whole Edenfield side, my grandfather, Pop, he was a jazz musician. Uh, basically, he was like 
what the Three Stooges were. Yes. Yeah. He would go around from bar to bar, club to club, and just play in jazz music in hooch parlors. And then, of course, my uncles and my father played the drums. My uncle played guitar and stuff. And I never had to practice drums per se. You know, growing up, it was never just one of those, I think I'm going to play the drums and sit there and practice it. I mean, I just picked it up and started playing drums. Yeah. Well, plays the piano and just I'd always been around music so I'd always had a a liking for the music and certain things growing up I mean you know Masters of the Universe I love the theme music I love just that synth orchestration from Masters of the Universe Transformers cartoon was a little robotic synth you know I had the synthesized sounds that they would do for it but then when the movie came out in 86 and it had that bomb ass soundtrack which is Stan, it has Stan Bush and bands like NRG. It had a Weird Al song on there for crying out loud. <laughs> it, fantastic. So I honestly don't know what came first because you know playing Nintendo as a little kid, even going to the arcade, certain mm. songs, sounds, and the sound effects. I just I dug it. But then you know being a movie buff growing up. So you have the influences of a lot of '80s movies. Remember, as a little kid, I actually got to watch Conan. Yeah. And I was like five or six and i just love with that soundtrack i mean court you know loving he-man i think that's why you know my mom let me watch conan and just the soundtrack itself from basil polidorus just the way that those musical cues hit and then of course you've got arnold there <laughs> swing sword just being a badass it just yeah so <laughs> to answer the question i have no clue it just kind of all went one on one on one you, you know, real quick though, I'm knowing your mother so well, and you know your family so well. I'm still very shocked that she let you watch that movie. <laughs> Hell, do you know my mother? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I will I, call I, her right I, now. <laughs> I don't know, like, honestly, don't know how. Other than she must have gotten my aunt to help. You see, we have a <laughs> back then. We had, you know, if you had a what was it a, a forehead. VCR, you could actually, you know, hook the two up and you could record movies. Yeah. So all I, all my aunt did was just skip over that one part where Conan's fucking Valeria. <laughs> so the movie was in there. like even the harem orgy massacre scene, which sounds like a really cool directive video '80s movie in and of itself. But you know, the scene at the end, like whenever they're in the the harem. And uh, Thulsa Doom's turning into a snake and stuff. That scene was in there, and that would just, when all the blood hits, it just sprays out. And I'm a little kid, like, oh, dude. See? I let Jonathan watch it the other day. We watched it actually a, a week or so ago because I got it on Blu ray. And uh, it was just, it warmed my heart, you know, because I was telling my son, you know, the new generation. I was, yeah. I was trying to warn. It's like, look, it's going to be, it might be kind of boring. He's an Arnold fan, though. He loves Terminator, so I knew he would like something about it. And it, while it was slow, he hit, I mean, all the beats in the movie, whenever we're watching it, it's like whenever he sees the uh, the gladiator fights at the beginning, he's like, dude, this, this is bloody. I was like, you just wait, buddy. <laughs> you just wait till the scene. The temple of Set and another snake cult. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, he saw a lot of where I write and a lot of the things that I write about and talk about. He saw where that came from. But yeah, whenever it came to that, the harem orgy scene and all the bloods gushing, Jonathan was like, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> See, that's so cool. That was so epic. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's really cool though that he like that you guys have that uh I don't know how you'd say it that like that he's into that kind of stuff too, you know? Let let me uh let let me interrupt for a second. Like living with Daniel was one of the I guess best new experiences I've ever had. I've known you for 20 mm, years, yeah. you know. Uh, we've pretty much lived together since we met, yeah. you know. But I met Daniel through his brother. We barely even knew each other before I moved in with him, to be quite honest. Like, he knew I was, you know, an ass, you know, and I knew That's... he was a loner and an ass himself. <laughs> so, you know, we were like, hey, we can be friends. You know, we bonded over music, really, but seeing was that day on the patio at me rancho <laughs> a burrito and a cup of cheese dip and a basket of chips that they bring out that you can't ever just eat one i think i think the i think i still remember the time i met daniel uh oh it was when i was doing music still which mm-hmm. i don't even do anymore but i did like some back some weird scent thing that he really liked and he was like um Holden, I need him to come over here and show me how this was done so we can take care of this. Well, absolutely, dude. It's, your technique is fantastic. It's it, I'm mystified, and I'm just – anything that anybody can do, and even if I know how to do it, I still want to see it because you probably do it more. I guarantee you're going to do it a better, more efficient way than me. <laughs> or it, if it's something I don't know how to do, you're goddamn right. I want you over here to show me yeah. how you did it. <laughs> oh. Well, you, you know, Jonathan – he has grown up with not just Daniel, but JD and, you know, their mother having all this talent, Yeah. Y- you know, and Daniel can sing. He won't let you hear him sing, but he can actually sing. But, you know, JD has the real chops for that, you know. Oh, Daniel, see, JD, like. Daniel is an amazing musician, any instrument, you know. Oh yeah, and I think Jonathan doesn't necessarily want to be a musician, but he is so creative. Watching him take weeks to build a Lego set, like a Lego movie set, almost, you know, and then do like claymation stuff, see that stop motion stuff over weeks, you know, weeks of time. Yeah, it's just it's mind blowing that a you know he was what ten or eleven at the time that a ten or eleven year old could do that, you know, yeah. like. You know what we were doing when we were 10? We were, like, outside playing with dirt and hitting each other with sticks, you know? I've never really hammered into him to do it, probably much to my chagrin, but it just, I've never really, you know, like, forced him to sit down and, God damn it, you're going to learn to play this and stuff. (laughs) It'll come up eventually one day. Well, see, and that's what I was going to say was I think it's really cool. And, like, I think your guys, like, you just touched on it. I think, like, your guys' family proves how it works, too, is, like, how you said your entire family was, like, really into music. And, you know, it kind of, not that you were forced to do music, but you learned music because everybody did music. And I think it's cool that it shows that, like, how Jonathan enjoys doing movies and stuff like that because you do it. If if he... One thing about the music that is so important to me that I'm trying that I've really been struggling with lately is that <clears throat> keeping music fun. Yeah. If I because see and I all I can do is you know raise my son based on my experiences. You know, wisdom is you know intelligence guided by experience. Mm-hmm. And if I 
when someone tells me, sit down and do it, my first instinct is to punch you in the fucking throat. Exactly. And that's like I told Holden with this podcast was I was like, you know, I enjoy doing it, but when it starts to feel like a job, I'm going to stop. Like, I'm not going to do it anymore because that's just, it's not fun. See, that's with, with Jonathan. I want him to know the fundamentals. I want him to, I want him to see that I love doing music. And I want to force it on. If he truly wants it, he's going to come to me. Hopefully, maybe, hopefully, or he'll go to someone who actually knows what the hell they're doing. He's going to go to JD. He'll, he'll learn from them. He will ask them. He will inquire. Now, again, I'm not the arbiter of his fate. I am merely the overseer. Yeah. Of, I have to make sure that he eats, washes his naughty bits, and goes to bed in a timely manner until he's old enough to make his own damn decisions. Yeah. That's job now you know as far as like music or watching movies with him i like to in a sense it's like the great thing is it's like living vicariously through him because he i've seen terminator a dozen times love the movie whatever you know it is cool it was all right it's not my favorite but i got to watch it with him for the first time so i got to see through him, I got to see what it was like to watch that movie for the very first time, and it's his favorite movie. The same with RoboCop. It's like I've seen RoboCop, you know, dozens of times. Freaking love that you movie. You can quote it, probably. Well, yeah, but <laughs> he definitely can quote it. For him to sit there and watch it, and to for him to see it and to understand why it was so cool, and then to also see these things come out in his filmmaking and the yeah. way that. He designs things because and the other great thing is i mean i do the music he does the movies so one cool thing about it is anytime he does a movie he's gonna want me to do the music yeah. so at least job I'm, security job yeah <laughs> <laughs> now um you, you know when i moved in i didn't really know jonathan you, you know and it, it was a big risk for you letting me move in with you you, you know not really knowing me and uh it, it almost felt like I became, and not to try to sound weird, but because I'm a 28-year-old man, but <laughs> it, it almost was like I became another kid for you. You know, you didn't have to take care of me or anything like that, but you were showing me all this stuff. You know, you you taught me so much about, you know, uh, music and writing and, you know, just being open creatively. Maybe the top. I, I don't look at it. At never at any given time am I ever trying to lecture someone or try to teach them. I mean, fuck's sake, I'm learning just as much going through the process. That was half the fun. Like whenever you're doing your songs, because your music is incredible. Because I cannot even fathom it. It's reading H.P. Lovecraft. Some of his characters describe. Whenever they read the Necronomicon or they read these old books, they can't quite fathom the language, that the angles are non-Euclidean and it's strange geometry. That's how I am with your music. (laughs) What the hell you're doing or how you get there. And it's fascinating. And again, it's not terrible. I love it. I just can't describe it. That's why I called it Elevator Wave is because it's got that cool – I mean it's something you would hear in an elevator. Yeah. And then – one or two floors going to be a horror movie, but then it's going to go to a couple more floors on the elevator ride, and it's going to be cool, and it's going to have some thump to it. It just seeing you do it, 
I wanted to watch it just, but how the hell did you do that? I mean, you would do use an effect, and it might have even been a preset. But you're finding shit I never would have thought about doing because I get stuck in a rut. And so having you show me some music and letting me hear what you've done. And then at the same time, you know, you would ask, well, you know, can you mix this or how do you do this? Or this? Well, hell, I don't know. Let's try it. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> Let's see if we can figure it out. That's it. I'm just I'm learning as I go along and then trying to pass on the knowledge. A little, but at the same time, I want to learn, too. So I don't get stuck in a rut. Otherwise, it'll be like teenage Dan will learn the guitar and every freaking chord was E minor F and D every <laughs> single time now, nothing wrong with Iron Maiden absolutely not but E minor F and D there's Iron Maiden yeah. pretty much just about every damn song from every album it's every now and then they'll switch it up to a different key using the same chord progression <laughs> no. I didn't get into that and I do I still do but that's I love the extra influences plus I mean yes you were another child so am I. <laughs> and we're not talking about learning things. You're just a child. <laughs> you know what? I can't hear how smelling like a woman lives there. Finally. I miss it. It's the closest you know, I've been to a woman in forever. I, I miss it. <laughs> you know one good thing about Holden and having him live with you, though, and Daniel, I'm sure, will agree with this, is when Holden gets pissed off or he talks to his parents, you know your house is getting clean. <laughs> At some point. Your house it was is, fantastic. Your house gets clean. <laughs> I felt so bad about joking, but I, I even joked with mom about it when Holdy, he, he'd go to Savannah or something, and <laughs> mom would ask, you, where's Holdy? I'm like, ah, he's gone to Savannah or something. And she's like, okay, when's he coming back? So I think he'll be back tomorrow. It's cool. He's going to clean my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, if so, you know, if he's in a bad mood or something, the house will be clean. It's spotless. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I miss you, Holden. Aww, how cute. <laughs> he only misses you because he needs his house clean. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I miss my body pillow, but yes, I miss my clean house. <laughs> so, okay, so we've talked about the music. Um, what other things you got that you are doing that you can talk about if you have anything that you can or, you know, Oh God! Because um, I know you, you work with Fangoria, right? You still do that? That was at the time. Honestly, I have really no cogent thought to put for this. Is like what the deal is with Fangoria? I don't know if you've been following them on Twitter. So Fangoria is just about dead. I mean, they're really? done. They haven't released a physical magazine in almost a year now. Oh wow. Um, their magazine issues were going digital and I don't even know if they're still sending those out. I have no clue. They've just been unresponsive. And then there was talk that they were going under or whatever. And now they're just kind of hanging. I don't know. Somebody's working something the same with dread central. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a whole topic for a whole nother day. (laughs) Yeah. Just, you know, they're not going to last. And and that's, it is, it is what it is. The, the business model, everything is gone. The, The world is changing and just like nature adapt or die. Exactly. Yeah. It's just it. So, but I have two songs through Fangoria. One with, through Throne of Anguish that mm-hmm. I did. I just sent them a couple of tracks uh, and then released. It was basically kind of like a greatest hits um, of my Halloween stuff that I put. It's called Watchers in the Shadows. And then this past album that came out was The Horde that I managed. I happened to see a tweet. I kind of told him, I was like, look, you know, it would be really cool if I knew you were doing this. So I could give you a fucking song, you know, because I didn't know that they were doing the album. I just happened to see on Twitter 
that they were, I was like, oh shit, you know, so I figured I'd go ahead and submit a song, but other, other, if I hadn't done that, I never would have seen it. Yeah. Regardless, I am on the Fangory album, so I mean, and that's not like, it, the business is different. It's not like, a like, yeah, they're a label, but those days are done. Yeah. Like, and, and now, sure, there are, except there always are exceptions, but I guarantee you it's, it's, for lack of a better term, it's crony capitalism. It's just, it's cronyism, payola, and it's pretty much like the mafia. Now, you are familiar with this, especially you, Holton, being in hip-hop culture. You know, and this is, I'm not saying, I'm not talking anything bad about this, so hmm. let me go ahead and emphasize this, but it's just the terms that I'm going to use, it is what it is. Ah, fuck it. Just take it, take it or leave it. It is what it is. Whenever you see these songs, Lil Wayne featuring Gob Smoke, Young bung face, and <laughs> young shit face. When they do those featurings, what that does is get their name listed in credits. It also gives them in the pipeline for royalties. Well, they do that for everybody. Everybody fucking everybody, yeah. essentially. And eventually, their names are licensed all over the place. Well, then they're these major labels, you know, are licensing their music to radio stations. And it's an old term, and I probably don't know how to describe it effectively, but it's called payola. Mm-hmm. Wiki it, Google it, you'll see what I mean. It's payola, where there's the reason that you hear the same five songs every hour, every day on the pop stations. It's because they pump those songs via cash to the radio stations to continually play them. Yeah. Labels, <laughs> they just got way out in left field. But to kind of reel it a little back in, the days of the label catching a band, taking care of them through and through, those days are done. You're still going to have some, what I call the fossil bands, you're still going to have some that are just immortalized. And and they're going to be like that. That's what's carrying them now. That's how they're staying in business. And good or bad, I'm not saying whatever. It doesn't matter. But Kiss, Metallica, bands like Iron Maiden. Now, Iron Maiden can pretty much do anything in the world they want to. They might even be their own label. When you have that band recognition, you can be your own label and do your own thing. But because of that, labels are pretty much impotent. They are pointless. The reason you would use a label now is for the recognition. And I am forever grateful to Fangoria for giving me that opportunity, for letting me be in there for giving me that chance. I mean, it is because of Fangor. I mean, that was, you know, striving forever to have a label. So then I have it. Unfortunately, it's like I have it. Well, I still don't have a goddamn dime to my name, but so what? I have the label. I had the exposure. And to me, that was just, that was payment itself. But as far as a label, you see, you know, I'm with Fangoria. I was for that date. Oh, <laughs> if you, yeah, if, yeah. Uh, you know, it was like I was with Fangoria for that movie. And then we, you know, kissed goodnight. Uh, Fangoria walked me to my door and then I <laughs> and they drove off and that was it, you know. And then. So you friends is on Fangoria? Like, yeah. You know, we, <laughs> we might face again later and we might go out for another date, you know. And it's a mutual acceptance and a mutual agreement. We might go and we, you know, do whatever. But that's what that label relationship is. I got you. All right, so let me. Uh, yeah, but I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no. what we want. Let I me like uh, take a step back. Um, it, it's kind of unfair, I guess, for me, like because you and Rick are having this interview type thing. Ricky's probably learning a, a lot about you, and I'm just like, 
not an interview. Just talk to me. I well, no, I know, he, but he, you know, he's sitting here learning all this information. Okay. So here, let me real quick. Let me give a backstory on a back reason on why I really wanted to do this episode was because, and this this might get a little almost sappy, and I don't mean for it to. So just close, like disclaimer, real quick. I love gothic horror. It's, Come on, I well, well. Holden Holden talks about how much you've like have changed his music and I've heard things you know like before Holden and like I've never I didn't know anything of you you know I knew JD but I had never met you and then I've heard like your music and I've heard like one of the coolest things I think you do is those it's like albums but it's like audio drama yeah it's an audio drama it's like a story but an album, I, it's amazing. So I just really wanted to get, I wanted to learn everything about where it all came from, stuff that Holden already knows. You and know? I mean, that's that's where I was about to go. You know, I, I was gonna ask you, um, since you're not on a label, or, or excuse me, let me wipe that real quick. Um, <laughs> since you've released albums on your own, I was gonna ask you uh, how many. You know what the names are. You know, give you a quick little plug. You plug real quick to your website. You know. Oh, oh, uh, well, thank. I get <laughs> my website. Yeah, as of <laughs> right now, actually today, I'm in transition with websites, so I don't really have a. Fuck it, just go to Bandcamp. Um, <laughs> you can always I, go back to Bandcamp. You can find me on Spotify. Go to Bandcamp or find me on Twitter. The uh, the death metal, the love of my life, my symphonic metal music. Throne of Anguish. You can find that on Spotify. You can find it on Bandcamp. That album, that's actually on a label. Right now, uh, JD and I, we signed with Slip Trick Records out of uh, Europe, Italy, I think, is their home base. I forget. It's like they have, a, they're worldwide, but it's my main point of contact has been their uh, forward operating base in Europe. That's with Throne of Anguish. The album's Defiant Gifts of Torment. And I'm sure Holden has made you suffer through that one. Oh, I have it. <laughs> You gave me a co- I bought a copy from you, actually. Yeah. It's in my car as we speak. And I love you both. <laughs> Nike is my practice. While doing Throne of Anguish, uh, the whole point of when I did, uh, t- let's see, albums. Let me try not to get too off track. I have been writing out, creating albums since I was 20. Um. I started writing songs around about time, you know, I was playing guitar through the latter part of teenage years. And it's around about when I was 20, uh, me and my buddy Jeremiah. And was this before or after World War II? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Time Moses came down from Sinai. And uh, me and my buddy Jeremiah, we were talking about this. We had a thrash band called Dementia 13, and we did a, we had a little EP album. And then couple years later I started writing on my own life takes you in different just you just go a different direction y'all know by now you just you know the shit just shit happens for one reason or another and you really can't explain it other than the fact that you know Jeremiah when he and I are together it's just you know those really good friends as soon as you're back together you pick up right where you left off and it's like you never even you know skipped a beat yeah it's one of those well for a time I started writing on my own, and I've always been heavily inspired, you know, by 
artists, basically solo artists, or the bare minimum. And so I started writing music. Throne of Anguish came about. And so I've written, let's see, to count my albums, just for Throne of Anguish. So I've got Throne of Anguish, The Cycle of Koth, which is two, Beholder, which is three, Infernal, which is four, Tale of Shadows would be five, Dead Day Will Dawn, Shade of Night, so that's, we're on seven now. Then Defiant Gifts of Torment is eight. And then the Nightkeep albums, which is three more because I redid or just re released Tale of Shadows under that. Nice. So that's what, 10 albums, nine or 10 albums? I and, forget. And are you <laughs> looking to make another Throne of Anguish one? Like, are you guys. Is this- yeah, actually, that's the one of the reasons, guys, this is a long ass story here. It's just the biggest commodity, especially in my life, is time. Yeah. I, which is a good thing because I don't have any other commodity. Is <laughs> <laughs> the most precious resource that I have. And when all this bullshit gets in the way, I don't have time to do what I love to do. And then also, after Defiant Gifts of Torment, I mean, it, I'm glad people like the album. I mean, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on that. Well, it's a which great is, album. But I needed more practice. And... I mean, I just, I've been saying that for years because I did. I want to redo Throne of Anguish. My original album, Throne of Anguish, sounds god-awful. I want to redo, and that is nothing against who Amanda did the piano and Jeremiah did the drums and did phenomenal work. And it has nothing against them at all. But that album, I have never been able to do that album. I have never been able to do it the way I want to do it. And over the years, I have been constantly trying to find what the hell it is I actually want to do. And in so doing, I realized that I needed practice. Uh, I want to score for film. They take you back to days as a kid, watching He-Man, watching Conan, Robocop, Aliens. So, the, you know, Basil Polidorus and James Horner, I just worship those guys and they do movie scores. So I just needed practice. So I started the Night Key just as a way to differentiate between Throne of Anguish and whenever I just go off and do crazy shit. And that way I could keep Throne of Anguish as, you know, what I like, symphonic death metal. But in order to practice it, (laughs) I needed something to help vent. And so that's kind of how the Night Keep came up, which is basically it started with a tale of shadows where I was just practicing symphonics. And just, you know, big influences with that is the group Midnight Syndicate. And for anybody who doesn't know, if you've been in a haunted house or if you've been in a Halloween store over the past 20 years, 15, 20 years, you've heard them. They're one of those bands that everybody in the world has heard, but nobody knows who they are. And they're called Midnight Syndicate. They're called Metallica. just that of practicing, just working with symphonics, figuring out how to do what to do. And it's because I don't have a you know, quote unquote music background. I haven't gone to college for music. So everything I've had to do is, you know, just banging my face on a keyboard. (laughs) I've actually (laughs) seen him do that. So, (laughs) and it probably turned out wonderfully. (laughs) Now, um, I've unfortunately and fortunately have gotten to experience you in complete work mode where you, you don't bullshit around, you don't play, you don't have time to even speak to anybody, you know what I'm saying? But how much I got to hear before the album was made, before a song was done, you, you know what I mean? It. I think seeing your dedication and determination 
towards building what you know like just building an album not even like creating the songs but building the idea writing the lyrics writing the story you know it it I don't think it's an experience I'll ever forget. You, you know what I mean? And to uh, touch on your albums real quick, I've done voice work for two of them. Um, Excellently, and, and um, I've uh, I did pictures for one because one of the voice actors was too lazy to actually let you know he couldn't show up. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, uh, I got to die in the green screen. It was pretty cool. Um, in the green screen? Yeah, in the green. Oh, no, man. I literally died in the green. I, it, it was a mess. He got fake blood in my eye. It hurt like a bitch. I had to go to work. It sucked. Anyway, like, I love Defiant Gets a Torment. You know how much I listen to that shit. I made you listen to it in my car. <laughs> I know it sounded great. <laughs> but... I will always, and you know what I'm about to say. I will always love a day, uh, a dead day will dawn the most. I want to remix that album and make it my own, dude. It's seriously his best, his best really? work. Yeah. I will be. I'm gonna try to make sure I can get those stems. I'm switching out my hard drive. Um, I've ordered the. I'm going with a solid state, and whenever I do that, I'm gonna have to reinstall Fruity Loops and all my VSTs and yeah. stuff. And so I'm going to have to be combing through my my data in any of my archives. So if I can find those stems, I'll stem them out and send them to you. Yeah, you, I mean, you can just, uh, even <laughs> if you can't, you can just send me the FLP files. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll send them to you because, like I said, I'm going to have to back up all my stuff on my hard drive anyway. Well, if you let me remix your album, dude, that's like a, that's a huge thing, you know. Like, I can't just be like, "Shit, three weeks, here you go." No, like that's gonna take me a long time to, to do, you, you know. You can have it. I mean, like, dude, whatever you were talking about earlier, you know, like the concept, of the album. Hell, a lot of times that's the most fun I have is yeah. just planning it out because I'll get, I'm like a taskmaster on myself whenever I'm doing the just going through the music, making sure the cording's right. What about the phrasing? And putting in real guitar, and it's got to sound perfect whenever I'm doing the real guitar. And if it doesn't sound perfect, I get pissed. And so then I'll just I'll throw on shreddage or I'll throw in other things to get the rhythms right, to give me time to go back to the real guitar to do it. But then I'll get distracted and I'll have to add string elements to it. And then it's, you know, okay, so today it's time for real guitar. And then that's whenever, you know, my nerves are just pulled so tight. <laughs> Exactly right. I just it very nerve wracking. Planning the album, fun as hell. <laughs> I had a freaking clipboard sitting by my bed where I'll just jot down ideas for an album. I mean, that's a, I've got three pages worth on Google Docs where I'll just I'll type out an idea and then I might type the twist if I think of it. So I mean, as far as like story album ideas and stuff, shit, we got enough to last for another couple of decades. <laughs> Oh, to use all the ideas that come up with. But that's half the fun. Is thinking of Defiant Gifts of Torment, whenever I did that, I told my brother, I was just like, fuck it, I'm, I'm tired. I'm sick of these. I think the, the text that I sent him was, and I, if I remember right, yeah, I'm sick of these fucking games. And, uh, and then I just started spitting out the most vile, heinously heavy shit on the guitar I could think of, and then built the songs around that. <laughs> and it was the whole point that album was just anger and then 
because I'm a nerd and a Dungeons and Dragons fan, I just pulled all the stuff from my D and D campaigns into that. I mean, that pretty much every song I ever write about Dungeons and Dragons or something that I've written. None of my stuff. I hate politics. None of my songs will ever be political, and most of my stuff is either just based in religion or mythology or my own shit that I've come up with in my head. Well, it's sad. <laughs> I know it's wherever you get it from, you need to keep tapping into that because <laughs> like, like, it's so good. You, you know it was good though, man. Um, you're, when you did Sinistar and you did the Oh my god, that is my favorite album. album I've ever heard him do. And you, like that inspired me to do mine, you know. And uh, gonna plug myself real quick. You can go buy my chiptune album, Clawbeard in the High Seas. What's up? Um, but no, we we did a uh, we we did a song together for my album. We were just sitting in the living or in the kitchen talking, and you were like, "Oh shit, I have an idea," and I was like, "You know, my album's pirate theme because we were talking about it." You were like, oh, shit, I have an idea. And you went to your computer, and within five minutes, we had a song built. And it was crazy. Like, the experience was crazy because he built the layout. He built the drums and everything. Oh, yeah. like he built the chords, you know. And a solo came up, and I was like, you know, like a part for a bridge came up. And I was like, you know what? Get out the way. I got this, you know. <laughs> so, you know, that happened. And then it transformed from like 8-bit to like thrash metal you know like daniel did some weird shit sped up time and you know did a whole flashpoint kind of shit it went on metal for like a minute and a half he did some crazy ass solo i threw him the flute for no reason whatsoever zelda yeah i mean and it just went it went crazy all i know is awesome all i know is whenever i listen to sinistar i would close my eyes and for some reason, I would always either be – and these, this is the exact reason why I brought up those two games earlier. is Because whenever I close my eyes and listen to Sinistar, I either feel like I'm in Mega Man or the number one that I always feel is that I'm in the final castle in Castlevania. Hell yeah. Well, like every time I hear Sinistar, I'm like, let's do this. Like it is time. <laughs> that was the – I loved – which Sinistar is just a badass name. I remember that game in the arcade, you know, whenever you play, you pop in the garage, I will <laughs> And uh, I freaking love that game. But I also wanted to change the name for one to avoid any kind of copyright infringement. Video game companies are notorious for bringing the hammer down. To oh, yeah. Them. And, uh, and another reason is because just it was quirky because, I mean, the NES, man, that's just close to my heart. Yes. Yeah. You know, games like Castlevania, that's just, just what I grew up with. So that's where the, the reason I spell it differently. But yeah, that's Sinistar. That was just my ode to the NES era. That was just through and through. And it reminded it's funny, me of my childhood. <laughs> it was funny, the stylings of it, because like when I do death metal, a lot of it will sound either like a, a Machiavellian or a Baroque symphony. That's just whenever I think death metal, that's what I'm thinking. I immediately go to Italian symphony, things yeah. like that. Whenever I'm thinking chip tune, I immediately go to power metal. <laughs> he it, really does. It's, it's crazy. The just the way that that operates, and you know, thinking whatever I'm stylistically trying to write music. So I didn't intentionally sit down to write Sinistar. I didn't mean for it to be that 
hyperactive, like extreme power metal. It, it, I mean, when someone compared it, and I haven't thought of anything better. Someone said it sounds like if Children of Bodom did the Castlevania theme. Oh, yeah. 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 So that was, I was, oh my God, because, you know, Bodom's one of my favorite bands. And they're just, I was like, oh my God, this, oh, that <laughs> was so much fun. And I have more. It just, again, time. my email is rickymosier1214 at gmail.com. If you need, <laughs> if you need somebody to listen. When it comes out, I mean, it's going to be pay what you want. It, when it comes out, it's going to be, I have the, the retro album that I have to mix. I actually have to tweak some of the parts. I've been listening to it and I've got to fix some of the cording and some of my, uh, some of my phases are off with some of the synthesizers I use. So I had that retro wave album that I did, but then I have a follow-up chiptune album. <laughs> also got, that's pretty much the same as the first center star, just ludicrously fast. <laughs> see, I and, love that though. See, like listening to center star, Hearing you build it, you, you know, uh, I'm going, I keep going back to that because listening to your process is just retardedly fascinating. <laughs> well, you're half right. Well, you know, like, okay, it's fascinating? I'm, I'm going to take you back to probably two years ago around Halloween. I wa- you were sitting there making um, music for the, uh, the Pines in Anderson for the first, for the first time. And, yep. um, I walked out and all I heard was like a baby laugh and then a clown. And remember, no, no those are like, my two biggest fears. I was like, fuck this. And I walked right back in my room <laughs> and I stayed there for the rest of the night. I didn't let Chewie out. I didn't go to the bathroom or anything. It was which, like three o'clock in the afternoon, too. Which, speaking of. <laughs> had to do that for a couple of weeks, too. <laughs> which, speaking of video games, I have to bring this up. I told Holden this the other day. And as soon as I heard it, it made me think of you and Holden. Um, There's a game called Fire Emblem Awakening. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, It's on the 3DS. The Fire Emblem games are really cool. My wife got me into them. Got the first one. Um, Well, there's this guy. His name's Frederick. And they do these kill, like uh, critical hit kills. And it's like a one-shot kill. And their face will pop up on the screen. And they all have this one-liner they say. Right? And Frederick's one-liner is probably the best thing I've ever heard in a video game. He looks at the camera and in like this deep like voice that just hits you deep, you know, he says, pick a god and pray. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, like that might be the best thing I had ever heard in my life. I'm writing that down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to steal this line. He says, pick a god and pray. And I was like, whoa, okay. (laughs) I was like, okay, so we got a badass on our hands. (laughs) Calm down, calm down, calm down, badass, calm down. You you know, uh, you you have your own realm, I I guess, of creativity that you you work in, and it's ludicrous to try to understand. Um. I remember when you first started tinkering around with, uh, how would I say it, cinematic trailer music. 
<laughs> and it turned out to be some like Transformers fighting fucking dubstep itself. It was fucking weird. <laughs> like if dubstep made a body somehow. Yeah. If dubstep it was, was able Prime to fighting dubstep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if dubstep was able to manifest itself into a figure, that would I mean exactly. <laughs> It was yeah, fucking that- crazy because they'd be like all, you know, horror and gothic and shit, you know, and symphonic. And they'd be like, <laughs> and then it'd be quiet for like five seconds. And you know exactly what song I'm talking about. So you send that to me so I can put it in here so people know. I to find it. It's, again, that's why I do it. It was all practice. It was like, you know, two years ago. And who'd have thought, you know, that we'd have come out with X10. And then I would be incorporating those same things into X Tenebris. It just Dude, I lost X Tenebris. Which one is that? The newest one. Oh my god. But I <laughs> I lost my <laughs> shit, dude. I was like, alright, you know, this Daniel's typical music, you know, horror. You got the symphony and the piano in the back. You know the usual bit. Yeah, you know, dead bodies everywhere. But no, he was like it stopped and it went to like a low weight synth and it was like doo 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 I was like, what in the fuck did you just do? I will have to say I will have to say it, Daniel. I don't know how much you can talk about the new thing. What new thing? Uh I can't oh. pronounce it. X X Tenoverse or whatever. X Tenoverse? Oh yeah, that dude, that's Bennett, I can talk all day long okay. blue about that one, yeah. Okay, well, I had the pleasure of when you guys were getting everything recorded. I, uh-huh. Me and Holden were riding somewhere, and you had sent him, I think it was like his part or somebody's part. He's not supposed to know this. <laughs> he needs to know this. Oh, well, too late now, I need to know. What and, do I need to know? Like, it wasn't even mastered yet, and I was just like... The clip that he showed me, or that was playing, ended, and I was like, I need more. Like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> it was one of the greatest things I had ever heard. One of the best compliments I've gotten, of course, so thank you for that. But uh, my brother, he said he'd given a copy to uh, somebody to listen to. And, you know, he gave him the usual spill, which I do, too. I tell people... Uh, you know, I'm not the arbiter of what you're going to listen to and how you listen to it. But if you really want the full effect of these albums, turn the lights off, get you a glass of wine, put on headphones or have surround sound or mm. something. And that it, you just you need that because I record these in stereo and I'm working, hopefully trying to finagle a way maybe to get a binaural setup for future works that we do but for now is I pan them in stereo and I do that to create space it's y'all seen Fruity Loops you can actually mm. do it in any DAW now you just you adjust your automation well the magic don't say the magic the cool thing in Fruity Loops is you can basically automate anything that's native to Fruity Loops to FL Studio yeah you mentioned before holding about the um how our claw beard in the high seas how it you know the tempo is just like bah! well you know you can automate the tempo yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like anything and automate it. And so what I do is just automate the panning after everything's recorded. And I start putting the pieces together, putting the puzzle together, laying everything out. And that's the fun part. 
setting all my sound effects up, and then I have to you know visualize who is where, who's standing where. And when the dialogue comes in, does it start off quiet or, well, no, he's over here. So I need to set my panning to far right and then slowly bring the pan back to center. And then I, that means I need to pan the voice to the right. And then I need to have it bring slowly back up to the center. So almost so, like he's coming from the right back, like he's walking to the center. And so I have to bus, do an auxiliary bus of footsteps and his vocals and everything. I have, I have that all bust over to one track. And then I'll just pan it around, you know, so that it sounds like he's actually walking up to the forefront That's of the microphone so cool. when everything walks. And I had my brother had given a copy to a guy, and the guy who's listening to it, you know, JD gave him the whole spiel, you know, puts headphones on, lights out, whatever. Well, he fell asleep, <laughs> and he he doesn't know what the fuck. But somewhere in that hour, something was happening. He started having these crazy ass dreams. And woke up like what? What the hell? What the hell's going on? He was like, woke up. He was all anxious. His anxiety was going through the roof. <laughs> that that was excellent. That's an excellent compliment for me. If, well, if I could. Stir the emotions like that. I, I don't know why I started jacking off like this on the camera, but regardless, it just gets so excited. <laughs> so excited, he's got to play with himself. <laughs> <laughs> when I think about you, I touch myself. <laughs> now, <laughs> now that guy knows exactly what it is to live with you and JD, though. <laughs> I didn't think about that. It I couldn't do it. It is I, fucking horrible. I would be afraid. <laughs> like any other person that hears somebody getting mutilated or a child getting possessed by demons in a satanic ritual and stuff, they might run away and scream. Oh, he's just like, God damn it, Daniel's in another album. <laughs> or, like, I listened to uh, the. What is. I can never remember the title. The, I know they're Latin. <laughs> the Nightkeep one. Like, the first one that I had listened to that was like the story. Like, um, the very first one was it? The first one where I actually did an effective story was Tale of Shadows, where I had uh, it was me and Jonathan. God, he was young as hell too. And then uh, my friend Josh. That was the he was the narrator going through Riverdark through the old haunted town. See, the and, the only thing I remember from the one that I'm thinking of, and I believe it's the one you have on Spotify, is Jonathan. Does this is nothing? I it might sound bad, but I don't mean it to. Jonathan has the ability to be the most creepy little kid voice I have ever heard, and like he's talking in the he's saying something, and it just stuck in my head. And he has like this I don't know, I don't know if it's oh, it, it's absolute exploitation on my part. I, there is no shame in it. I'll tell everybody. Damn right! I have a kid. He is manual labor, <laughs> and uh, and as I've always said, whenever you're trying to make something scary in horror, okay. there's certain fundamental things that you always do. You eliminate communication. You isolate your targets, and then in my case, if you want to make it evil, you add a choir. If yes. you want to make it really fucking creepy, you add either and or. You add a evil, creepy church or a kid. Every time. Works every time. It never fails. For anyone listening to this, look at me. For anyone listening to this, <laughs> look at your radio. It never fails. <laughs> it, I mean, it's true. I like and my son, being so young, his voice hasn't changed, and it still hasn't now. So you're damn right. I'm going to abuse that. Everybody is afraid to, of children is what you're saying. What you're saying <laughs> yeah. is everybody is afraid of children. Pretty much. 
Well, depending on how you write the story. But see, for me, I like to so, – well, it depends on the story. Sometimes I put the child in danger. Sometimes the children are the danger. Yeah. But That's when it, it gets scary. It's just – yeah, depending on the situation of the story. and like, Because a lot of the times when I do the story, I know the end of it. Yeah. And I spend most of my time just figuring out the beginning. And I know a lot of writers are like, well, it's just stupid. <laughs> well, it's just way to pigeonhole yourself or it's just way to cut off your story right there. You already know how it is. Like, yeah, but see, to me, that's the fun is how do I work that in I there? I already know the end. I know the twist. And I get to have fun trying to guide it to figure out how it happened. Because a lot, a lot of my albums now is funny. And the way I write my stories is they're almost – I go – I'm retconning everything because essentially I am the D and D campaign we did years ago, like a decade ago, we were playing every freaking weekend and it lasted for like over a year. That's all that's in the future. Like everything that I've been writing with the tale of shadows and stuff that's defying gifts of torment, the time of rending, that's the end. Oh. But all these Nike albums, that's all the stuff leading up to it. And that's just the way I write my story. I know the end. See, I'm just cool. leading up to it, you know, so I knew, oh, I can't do that. Let me avoid spoilers. Let's just, let me, yeah, let me just cut it off right there. There's just, yeah, there's a kid in there sometimes. <laughs> set. The kid is in there and sometimes the kid is in danger and sometimes the kids are the danger. Listen to the Nike albums and you figure out which one is which. Or see, <laughs> see the first horror movie that I remember seeing that scared me. And I know it's going to make me sound like a little baby to... The likes of Daniel if here. If you say the sixth sense, no, Children of the Corn. I oh my God! What the I hell was like, you? of course that movie's creepy. I was like ten years old when I first saw that movie, and I went to school with a kid named Isaac, and I wanted to punch him in the throat every time I went to school because I was like, "You're the devil." End of story. I, I watched that movie again like not too long ago, and for me, it hasn't really aged that well, but. It is incredibly creepy. So it's like and you. still, one of my favorite endings to a horror movie oh, is so that. Good. Because, you know, Children of the Corn is, for me, it's always supernatural. I prefer supernatural stuff. And, like, the whole movie is weaving through and it's just a crazy kid cult. It's like, whatever. Yeah. But holy shit, when they have Isaac on the cross... And they're talking about you know the thing from the ro- the thing behind the rose, and it comes at him <laughs> and takes him, and it's like holy shit, what what? And then all of a sudden, while they're talking, trying to get away, and then all of a sudden, Malachi, yep, and he comes back. Yeah, goosebumps. To Malachi, and his voice is all deep. That it was seared in my memory, yeah. and it's yeah, that movie. The, the whole first 93 minutes I could give a shit about. But my <laughs> God, that last five minutes of that movie is one of the best in horror. I feel the same way. And like that, the part that you just said was always stuck in my head. And then again, with anybody who's ever watched a horror movie, The Exorcist, the, when her head spins and she spits the pea soup and your mother sucks cocks in hell. Like, you know, like. That will always be in my mind. I'll never forget that. My mother sucks cocks down the street. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't have to go to hell. <laughs> Sorry, mom. But I'm just saying, like, she does listen to this too. So does she? Yeah, she oh. does. Hey Tam. Hey. Oh God, I am sorry. Hey just Tam. On <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we're getting close to the hour mark, so we can 
I got a, I got two things I want to I want to ask before we call it a night on this. Oh, no, yeah. Number one, anything that uh, you got coming up that you want people to know about, oh, or anything shit. like you got, you know, I know you got your podcast which I listen to every time my app says there's a new one. Oh God, sorry about that. No, um, and your your Bill Paxton, your Bill Paxton in your last one, that little uh, homage was great. It made, oh, me, it made just, me want to watch Alien. I had to. That just <laughs> for I mean, I said it all in my podcast. Is you listen to X Tenebrous? That's all I could say. Is and yeah. again, I'm not trying to shill that album. I'm just saying, if you to know how much that movie has impacted me, listen to X Tenebrous. Hell, listen to anything I've done. You can hear James Horner's musical influences all in it. Yeah. But for now, I've got a uh, well, I've got about thirty five thousand things going on. <laughs> After I reinstall my solid state drive, <clears throat> I have a lot of my MIDI files prepared and ready to begin work on the next Throne of Anguish album. Long story short is because of all these setbacks that I have not been able to come out with another Throne album. Well, this will be rectified. Rectum. <laughs> Very soon. And there's another Halloween coming up, I'm pretty sure, if the Lord tarries. So there will be another Nightkeep album. I hope so. And the only re- the only reason there won't be another Nightkeep album is if Throne of Anguish is you know we've had some delays. That's my biggest priority is another Throne of Anguish album. There will be another Nightkeep album. I'm not saying what. I'm not saying what it's about. We're going to leave that as a little bit of a surprise. And uh, and I mean, I'm not. This is nothing nothing against y'all, but I'm pretty sure I don't have too much to worry about. Um, I am composing for a game. Nice. I don't know the name of it, but it's a Symphony of the Night clone, and that's not derivative. I'm not saying anything bad about it. Symphony of the Night is one of the greatest games ever made. This is a game made by people who love Symphony of the Night with music made by a person who loves Castlevania. <laughs> and so, I'm, again, that's in the works. And then so it's the Symphony shit. of Castlevania is what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> what about your book? Uh, well, that's kind of in the works. It's still too early. Um, I'm writing a book, and I ha- I don't really have a working title. Um, and I really can't divulge too much about it. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag too early. Let's oh, just yeah. say brush up on your vampire TV shows. Nice. Um, and there's this one in particular, especially. But uh, Jesus Christ, I forget what else. Oh, yeah, and I'll, I'll be interviewing for anyone. This is a – oh, God. Well, I'll go ahead and say it. I got invited onto the Astro Radio Z network, so I'm now part of the Tangibound network and the Astro Radio Z network. Find him at astroradioz.com. <laughs> but I, I like yeah. how you plug them, but not Mark. <laughs> well, we plug I Mark. Tangibound network. We plug Mark. I, you damn sure better plug Mark. We anyway, would be sorry. plugging you, but you won't give us bumpers. So time, Holden, time. And make we just had an hour long bumper. <laughs> uh, I will be interviewing Jason Erskine from Darkness Pines, located oh, in beautiful, oh, sunny Anderson, nice. South Carolina. He started his own movie company, and uh, they're actually, I think, fixing to start either pre-production or they're in pre-production and might be starting principal photography soon. So uh, I'll be doing an, probably another soundtrack or two. But uh, <laughs> for those who God. can't see the video, because you know, um, it's a where's Chewie? In my room, probably yeah, he's sleeping, being grumpy. Right, <laughs> So, 
Let me uh. You have about music? Anything? Ask me. Call me. Tweet me. Text me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Any. Damn, I had a question I forgot. No, um, <laughs> I, I really did forget it. Though. That's fucked up. Um, damn it. <laughs> okay, well we're not gonna worry about you then. This is. This oh, is. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, hey. I probably shouldn't do this on air, but, you, you know, if you've listened to our podcast, it's definitely not uh, professional. <laughs> and we, we like it that way. You know, we like the, the at-home, sitting-at-the-kitchen-table feel, you know? Um, oh, and if you want a little tip, I had to learn this, too, Ricky. I know you were talking about your hour mark, so you're probably concerned about their less-than-whatever-megabyte, you know, restriction that they have on there. Yeah. When you render your... I don't know. However you're recording it, just make sure you you mix it all down into one track or, you know, stereo, however you do it. But when you render it, are you using FL Studio? That's all, Holden. Yeah, I am. All right, Holden, when you render it, render it to MP3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll, yeah. Well, it'll say down there the bit depth. Mm-hmm. Instead of putting it at 320, lower it down to, 160. like, 190. 190? Yeah, and it'll, it, it'll make the file a lot smaller. Nice. All right, cool. I can do that... Uh, episode before last when i interviewed john burrell mm-hmm. i uh my my shit it was like two hours long and it was way over the limit but uh i just lowered the knob down to like 192 kbps or whatever when you do it in a low render format like that it doesn't matter because when you upload it to podcast.com they don't give a shit it's all yeah. brick wall anyway at a certain bandwidth so oh nice if your file is running long just lower the bandwidth on it um, what I was gonna ask was uh, if I can if I can plug X Tenebris. Please do. Um, I need the uh, I need two of your favorite clips from it, and I need um, the YouTube commercial that you made for it. Oh, the trailer. Shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I need give me two of your favorite clips and the YouTube commercial, the trailer for it. Well, I mean, you've got the. F- you got it. You hell, you were in it. What are your favorite clips? You build the trailer. That's yeah. how fun, dude. Well, no, I wanted you because you know you are the composer. You know, and we all know with Holden's big ass ego, it's going to be nothing but him in the trailer. Actually, it would it would be <laughs> it would be James she, and JD. Yeah, who would be. They're amazing. Yeah, I've like, got. Well, see, I've got that two minute. I've got a two minute trailer, and then I got a two minute and forty eight second trailer. Yeah, which is the really you know, the extended Red Man trailer. Um, Which as clips goes, I mean, you just drag drag a song into FL, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just cut it off at the part that you like. I mean, yeah, I just didn't. I want to, you know. Usually we do an opening song and then just right. maybe throw in a, a song at the end or so, you know. But I yeah. wanted to open it up with the trailer for X Tenebr, you know, the YouTube trailer because it's William talking, and unfortunately, William has like the best movie guy voice. <laughs> So. Oh my God! Solid Snake to a T. I swear to God, he sounds like Solid Snake and Snake Plissken had a love child, and that's William's gravelly military <laughs> voice. Really he just, and he just grabbed. I mean, like he should have been recording his part standing up because he just pulled it out of his ass. Very. <laughs> that's awesome. Playing around with voices, I was like, "Hell, William! I don't just talk normal. That's all this is. This is a normal." It was like, "Nah, it doesn't." So we kind of walked over who his character was, ran through the script, and then it just all of a sudden he pulls out this voice. 
and he starts narrating like that. And I was like, holy shit, that's it. I hope you could do just the whole album. I remember you made us switch characters because his voice fit the other character more. The, mm-hmm. the, not this last album, but the album beforehand. I'll have you know, Holden, whenever I pitched X10, um, I had to revise the script to a feature length. And uh, I made sure to put it because you have to describe each character in the script. And so I made Please. it a point. I put, you know, the pilot, whatever. You did it, didn't you? You did it. Yeah. You I told said, him that I have palsy, didn't you? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> did the thing is said is uh, young, athletic, wiry of stature. And it's something about how um, I just I happened to mention offhandedly that something about you have a weaker left hand. And then in the description, I said, born with a cerebral palsy, yet compensated for it with, like, it's something about your wit or whatever. I mentioned that you're the best pilot in the UFN, hence the reason that you're actually on this ship. But that was your actual description. It's That's just, I already cool. said, really Yes. Sure. And you guys, uh, whoever listens to this, that <laughs> was actually a conversation that me and Daniel had prior to it even coming out, you, you know, like in the description, I wanted my character to have palsy yeah. because I thought it was, I thought it would be funny. Daniel thought it would be a good idea. You know, I was just like, shit, hell yeah. Why not make him have palsy too? You know, because he did like, like he just said, he built the characters to model us yeah. essentially, you know, unfortunately for him, he has retarded friends. <laughs> Fun thing about the album is that I got to build, the cool thing about listening to these story albums is they can the per it's whatever you paint the picture in your mind. That's the whole point. I'm not telling you what anyone looks like. I'll give little faint cues, maybe hints if it's integral. But other than that, it's who it's whatever you want to be. Your voice is what gives that inspiration. So if like Ricky, for instance, listens to X Tenebras and he hears William talk, chances are because he's a gamer he's going to picture Solid Snake. Oh, that's exactly how I pictured. Chances are that's going to happen. If you've seen Aliens, chances are you're going to picture James, or in this in the album sense, Casey. You're going to picture him as a Hudson-ish type character. So there are cues for that that I specifically did for that reason. And then it's just unfortunate. Yeah, I was, it's unfortunate that I wasn't able to explore some of the other aspects of it. But And I kind of took that for granted. Like I said, I wrote the character's as my friends so it's being being that Holden's in the album it never occurred to me that I had to point out that he has a palsy it, I mean fuck's sake Jonathan knew him for a year and didn't even know he had palsy <laughs> that, that's true being friends with Holden for it just it never occurred to me so I never thought to write it in the album fuck I know he's got it it doesn't matter he's the best pilot so why is he the best pilot because he's in my goddamn story that's why <laughs> it, you know it, it doesn't matter it just never occurred to me to actually bring that out yeah. whereas now being that i had to reformat it for a feature film i actually do get to explore that and make make that a point that's really that cool. is that you are the pilot that's gonna be anyway. awesome i'm excited all right well i got one last thing and this is one thing i'm gonna do like if we ever interview people it's gonna be i i don't think it's weird but it's probably weird for the person that gets asked the question if you could write yourself write your 16 year old self a note like a one line note what would you tell your 16 year old self about you know anything about 
where you're at now, something that you would want differently, something to yourself, what would it be? Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, you're, yeah you're the I first person I'm using this on, so I don't know the right way to word it. But no, that's not. It's, that's a really tough question because I would just, I'd actually just come back, kick myself in the ass, like repeatedly, just beat the shit out. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Um, damn, I honestly don't know. I think I would go back and write a note. <laughs> of course here my dad back don't be a pussy <laughs> but I think I would write a note and just say just fucking do it don't stop worrying none of this matters because in 16 god damn how old am I so if I'm 16 and 36 so you know in 20 years don't fuck up but in 20 years you're be the best mental and physical shape of your life stop fucking worrying and just do it that yeah so it'd be like a long ass page it'd be with like a, open it up it'd be like a spring-loaded baseball bat <laughs> but yeah just fucking do it <laughs> once again before we head out I just want to reiterate that you know, he just mentioned his shape. And he does have impeccable man boobies. And seeing him walk around the house in his whitey tighties in a coffee cup is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. I you know, swear to God. You know who he reminds me of, though? Yeah. And, I'm, and, and not necessarily the personality, but kind of. Have you ever played Grand Theft Auto Five? Yes, Ricky. I've been known to dabble in video games. Yeah, yeah, I have. You you remind me of Trevor. Oh, my God. Just not not, not the just the like the complete. I don't care about what anybody says. Like, this is me. Like, whether you like it or not, this is what you get. Oh, God. Well, better nothing, I guess. (laughs) I mean, I could say you're Franklin. Do you want to be Franklin? Hell, yeah, that is. (laughs) Yeah, true story. It's like I let me. Oh God, here we. I don't give a shit. He's my kid. I let Jonathan play GTA Five. Yeah, and, and I think every. But I, play. I use it as you know, explain it because he needs to understand that that game is absolute hyperbole. Nothing in that game is the way it is in real life, and the problem with real life is that idiots think it is. Yeah, and eventually it becomes that. But that is not the way life is supposed to be. Playing that game. I told him that, yeah, unfortunately, it, a lot of my personality is a lot like Michael. Really and yet I laugh at Trevor a lot also. And But I'm trying to tell Jonathan that Trevor is the absolute most deplorable representation of a human being that you could ever see in a video game pretty much. And so I told Jonathan, so that is what you do not want to be. <laughs> I wanted him to play the game. because, And I even told him, you know, you play some of the missions with Franklin. Because mm-hmm. I thought Franklin is someone that I want my son to look up to. The character representation of Franklin at Grand Theft Auto V. Now, hold on, goddammit, parents. Calm down a second and listen to me. What he does, it, I am not condoning. Never am I condoning murder or anything reprehensible, such as murder in the first degree. 
or pretty much theft unless, but you know, that can actually get into a moral gray area. Franklin's mentality. Franklin's mentality from day one, when you first start that game, what are they doing? They're boosting cars. Mm-hmm. The whole time Franklin was talking about he's tired of this shit. He he's tired that. of being in this game. He's tired of hustling, making nothing. He's wanting to work. And all he's doing to stay with you bitch, lanky ass, you know, talking with uh, what Lamar. Yep. Lamar's in the scene, and Franklin does not want to be. Lamar and Franklin both are products of their environment. They're products of their socioeconomic situations, but Franklin knows that there's something better. And the difference, the thing that sets Franklin apart from everyone else in the real world and in the game is that Franklin is willing to work and willing to do anything. He will not take no for an answer. And if he does say no, well, in the game, you just kick his ass and do it anyway. But he has that mentality. And so I was trying to hammer that into my son that, you know, just trying to help him differentiate. I think it's kind of helpful to play just play with a kid. Play a game with your son and talk about it. Now, so, I mean, And it wasn't anything like Mr. Ryder now. That wasn't right, son. And let me explain. You know, first, he <laughs> murdered wrong. It, nothing like that. But while he's playing it. In between the rampant F-bombs being dropped left and right to explain to Jonathan why I – because he actually asked me. It's like, so, you know, why do you like Franklin? Or, you know, I thought you said this game was bad. Was, well, it is, son, but this is why, you know. Yeah. The name of the game is after a goddamn felony. So you know what you're getting into when you put in a game called a Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. But I was – you know, would walk through him with the characters and, you know, why I – told him Franklin was a good character, why I, what Franklin did was wrong in certain parts, but then I'd try to explain the moral gray areas sometimes. It, it, but yeah, sorry. No, I no, no, no. No, that's good. No. Each on Grand Theft Auto. Jesus. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, you, you know, just to touch on that real quick before, you know, we drag this on any further. Um, w- when I moved in with you, you kind of put change on me a, lo- a little bit as far as, you know, having his son around. You know, I had to be careful of what I watched or played or, you know, not my own room, of course, but out in the living room or what I said, you know. And there was, there was, there was so many times to where I fucked up and I said some weird shit in front of Jonathan and you just had to, well, you just had to say, well, son, you don't, don't listen to Holden. Listen to what Holden has to say. When Holden tells you to do something, you do it. But don't listen to Holden. <laughs> the whole dear God, don't listen to Holden. Never listen to Holden. <laughs> <laughs> Except about music. No, but I agree though. Just to touch on what you said about Grand Theft Auto Five, like I completely agree about the Franklin thing. Like it was a very. It's gonna sound weird, but it was a very heartwarming moment when he got moved like when he moved from the ghetto and got that nice house up in like the Hollywood Hills and you, even his personality in the game changed like yes. he left Lamar like he left all that where it was and yeah he became a higher class criminal quote unquote but it was still he just wanted to make a living for himself and want or like wanted to be out of it all you know it was- one of those that he and I know I like and this is why because when I play a game I'm very vain with my characters me too and and it also and this is I mean just more in a I really don't know how to explain it other than the fact that you you identify with certain characters and I mean of course since I am a Caucasian 
it's only, I mean, it's almost instinctual. I identify with someone of a like nature to me. So naturally, my personality, I'm looking at who can I identify with while I either have Trevor or Michael. Well, I mean, I'm an old school Ray Liotta fan, so naturally I'm going to gravitate towards Michael. Yeah. Franklin's character, he's the one that, for lack of a better term, he's the one that I pimped out in that game because I had the most fun with his story. His story actually gave me the best sense of progression. Just yeah. like you said, he moves up into the house on the hill. I had man, I had him up banging hearse, dude. I took a hearse and just pinned that bitch all the way. I had Franklin all the best suits. He had all the best guns. He had the coolest haircut because he, he was bald, and I gave him the chin strap beard. Yep. Dude, Franklin was bad as shit. Franklin, he looked like Common and smoking aces. Nice, coolish nice. shit, you know. And it was a good and, reference too because that's an excellent film. Oh yeah, dude, that movie's freaking awesome. But yeah, just that look. Franklin looked bad as shit. And so now, that's my save game in GTA Five, the one that I won't let my son touch. You know, it's like, you play the game whatever you want, but you do not save over these two. Those are my safe saves. And that's, I got Franklin in his damn Chow Yun fat suit standing in front of the house. You know, he's like in the living room. But as soon as you walk out, open that garage, and there's that damn hearse. <laughs> right in. Bad as shit. Yep. I, I think he is probably one of the best characters in recent video game history. Like... Like you said, the progression. Like, I feel like he was. I know people say Michael was the main character. Like, if you had to pick a main out of the three, I think Franklin had the best. Kind of was, but yeah, the story was actually Franklin. Michael and Trevor were they were the plot hook. Yeah. But their resolution doesn't happen until later. Now, sure, granted, the story actually they all go in tandem, but the story basically focuses all on Franklin. Yeah. His is the. What they call it, like a boy and his dog, or you know the I forget the damn term in a movie. It's like you know the a coming of age tale. Yep. that's essentially what it is. And it's, that's basically how it was when you had to make the decision at the end about who you were going to take out or if you were going to save them all. You know, and it was it was basically like Michael's situation back at the bank was he looked out for himself, and mm-hmm. you know, so you, basically it was Franklin having to relive Michael's story is how I felt about it, you know? And you had to make that decision, like, okay, well, this is what Michael was going through, so what am I going to do, you know? Do I want to kill Trevor? Do I want to kill Michael? Do I want to try to save them both and, you know? Oh, my God, that was such a difficult decision. Oh, my God, that was... (laughs) I don't know what y'all were talking about. I'll just kill Trevor. No thought about it. I it. I saved it right before that mission so I could go back. And do all the different ones well, and see. Well, that's it. because you're an achievement whore. That that's, too. That's not yeah. because you wanted to save them. That's true. Achievements. I cannot believe achieve. I have never been an achievement whore. I ever. am. Well, have you I, seen you play video games, Daniel? I've been playing The Evil Within, and I've gotten the I've gotten more rare achievements in that game than I've ever gotten in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're probably just giving them out to anybody who's willing to pay money for that game now. <laughs> Very. <laughs> Probably true, but all right, Daniel. This was fun. But this, thank you. This This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it, Daniel. Oh, thank y'all so much. And then uh, it's the Night Keep podcast, right, on iTunes. Uh, yeah, it's on iTunes, or you can go to astroradioz.com and you'll find the Night Keep there, or you can go to podcast.com and look up the Night Keep. Nice. And then you. of the night keep just the night keep the night keep night keep night keep everywhere 
Twitter the Night Keep. Tweet yep, the Night Keep. Night Keep on Twitter. I'm on there too. <laughs> He's everywhere. Unfortunately. Well, and then Throne of Anguish on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Night Keeps on Spotify. It's all there. You'll Night find Keep him. Spotify. You'll find him. He's everywhere. <laughs> Trust me. And you need to listen because it's great. And if you don't find him, he will find you. He will. And he will haunt you in your sleep. People were afraid of Liam Neeson and Taken. I'm afraid of Daniel when it comes to horror music. <laughs> you come and took it. <laughs> I will find you. And Got you will it. listen to my music. <laughs> no, thank you all so much. Anytime. Thank you, Danny. I appreciate Anytime. it. Now, I want to get uh, Jonathan on one, and uh, I want to talk to him about the Switch, because I know he probably knows a lot about it already. Uh, just from what we've been looking at, I haven't haven't gotten it yet. I'm waiting for some actual reviews. I've gotten a hold one. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's Nintendo. I mean, naturally, of course, I'm going to be like, Nintendo, oh, hell yeah, let's do this. See, I was never a big Nintendo fan after the 64. They lost me. It's generation gap. I mean, it's... Yeah, that's true. Growing up, I mean, Nintendo might as well have been tattooed on my ass. Oh, I'm the same way, like... The be all end all, you know. So I just, I'm a fanboy. I'll admit it. It's like, you know, what do you, I'm a PC gamer. You know, what you know, games do I play the most? And you look on, you know, Steam is Daisy and Castlevania Lords of Shadow and Heretic. Yeah. But I always have a soft spot for Nintendo. I am a diehard Nintendo <laughs> fan. What'd you say? Do I? Uh, I thought somebody said something. <laughs> no, it's your, it's your, see, you already got a story in your head. Now he's got like, Ghost haunting him. <laughs> you got ghost haunting his mic. Lie <laughs> <Come> down. <laughs> All right, Daniel. Always great talking to you. Of course, I'll probably call you afterwards and talk shit to you some more. But yeah, you can just press stop. You can just press stop on FL Studio, and we can continue talking. We can. <laughs> Daniel, well, it was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Talk to you in about five seconds. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs>